0: How's everyone doing? My name's Miles. I uh, am going to talk to you a little about using automation to efficiently manage SKU growth uh, within your existing warehouse. So basically, let's define what is SKU proliferation. SKU proliferation is the process of increasing the number of SKUs offered as a business learns and understands the wants and needs of its customers. Basically, bottom line today, consumers want more variety to choose from based on seasonality, delivered faster and at the best possible value. So causes of skew proliferation. So meeting customer demand, you have individual preferences. So I've put some samples here in the uh, photo. A lot of times you have the same product, it's just packaged different. Same skew in the package, but it's just a different package. So you run into things like package sizes, you have travel, sizes, personal sizes, bulk sizes, uh, customer service level requirements, same day, next day, two day. There's all these things going on in the warehouse that causing a lot of problems, and SKU proliferation is one of them. Oops. More causes would be like new product development. So I put a picture in here of the finger spinner things. Those things went off like crazy, and right there you've got four SKUs. And I, the other one I wanted to uh, use was Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies started out with like nine characters, and it exploded, in this huge. People have massive collections, but each one of those is an ind- individual SKU that at some point someone had to, had to manage, had to handle in the warehouse, had to distribute, receive the whole nine yards. Havoc, you know, wreaks havoc on your operation. Um, private labeling. I've worked on projects where, you know, for brake pads. Brake pads, they're just in a different box. Most of the brake pads are the same brake pads, you know, that's different performance, different label. Most of them are basically the same brake pad. It's just labeled differently. But every time you label something differently, it's a different skew in your warehouse. You have to manage it differently. Uh, Management of inventory. Basically, if you're not weeding out the slow movers or the dead items, They're occupying valuable space in your warehouse. Uh, You need to basically clean out your warehouse some. Um, And then dressing seasonal SKUs, uh, getting rid of those and freeing up space in the warehouse for active product. Uh, Mergers and acquisitions are are huge as far as SKU proliferation. All of a sudden your inventory doubles because you've acquired another company or you bought someone or someone bought you. Now your, your SKU set has just doubled and now you have a lot more to manage, and now I gotta find space for that stuff if you're going into an existing facility and trying to consolidate a facility. And then uh, retail, e-comm, omni-channel. So have a lot of different variations in business channels. Uh, E-comm, you have a a certain set of SKUs. Retail, you have a certain set of SKUs. Ideally, you wanna use omni-channel, pull from one uh, SKU inventory for all your business channels but that poses a challenge in itself due to order sizes. So proliferation impacts, basically, if you look at Pareto's rule, the 80-20 rule, 80% of an operations revenue is generated by only 20% of its SKU base. That means that the remaining 80% of the inventory is deemed as medium and slow-moving SKUs. The challenge is, is how do you pick it? A lot of times you want to pick it from the floor, it's most efficient. But you tend to run out of floor pick positions and putting uh, the slow and medium movers up in the air, which take an inordinate amount of time to pick. So if we look at that in conjunction with manual picking, so there's a 60-40 rule in manual picking in a manual warehouse, you spend 60% of your time walking and only 40% of your time picking. Sometimes when I reference that, People say, I wish I was that good. Mine's more like 80-20. So basically, there is no useful business KPI for walking. We're paying, a lot of people are paying people to walk. You're really only making money at the pick. So you're paying more people to walk more than actually pick. It's a big, big challenge. The challenge really comes in as your screw base grows and you're trying to get SKUs in locations that are in the golden zone so you're efficient at picking, you're extending walk paths and you're making the walk paths longer. So, uh, effects of skew proliferation. So, inefficient picking and storage. So I alluded to this a little bit just, just a minute ago. So, increase order cycle times because you uh, have longer pick paths or if you put things up in the air, you're basically using a machine to get up in the air. Machines are slow. They can only move so fast. So. You, Your cycle time increases, Uh, that's a big challenge, putting things up in the air. So ideally you want to have your pick faces at the floor if you're in a manual pick operation, but then that requires a larger building. Uh, A lot of times people will make smaller pick faces, but then you end up replanting more, just doing more replenishment. You run out of that item sooner, now you have more labor uh, replanting the uh, pick face. Um, Not having the right skew at the right place at the right time, that's really the key. So that's why you're always re and spending a lot of labor reslotting, getting things moved into that golden zone. And a lot of times with skewed proliferation, when you are picking out of the air, you end up with what's called a honeycombing and storage rack, and it's just poor space utilization. If you walk in a warehouse and there's a lot of holes in the rack, that has a lot to do with slow, medium movers being up in the air and, and pulling from that inventory and basically leaving big open spaces in the rack that are uh, inefficient. other effects are de- decrease in order ac- accuracy so the more SKUs we add the more SKUs we have to pick from the more chances that we could pick the wrong item and make a mistake fill in a customer order uh, in- increase in reslotting it frequency that's what I alluded to if you make the pick faces smaller you spend more time reslotting just to get the product at the forward pick slots so you can actually pick it and uh, meet your customers demands um, increased operational costs so Basically, you add, you add labor. If, you've, if you're picking in the air, you're adding equipment to pick up an area, you're tying up equipment, uh, picking orders for slow and medium movers. Uh, and then uh, you incur new onboarding, training, certifications and costs. And we're already having a hard time finding labor as it is. So as you're adding all these SKUs, now you have to add more labor to make, walk longer to make the picks. So it kind of just keeps on going. So other, other effects are increased facility costs. Let's say I've, I've, I'm out of space or I really want to get my, my uh, product down to the ideal pick location, you may need a building expansion. You build a building expansion, you need more lighting, more heat, and just higher utility cost overall. A risk of capital and business opportunities. So if you have a lot of products sitting on the shelves. All your products sitting on the shelves is at risk of loss. It's basically money tied up sitting on the shelves, so it kind of goes back to weeding out the the obsolete items, freeing up space, so you can put your active SKUs in, um, just managing your inventory better. Uh, Inventory, again, is money just sitting on shelves, and it could spoil, depending on what your product is, become out of season, become obsolete, and that's all a loss to your bottom line. So when we started looking at uh, skew proliferation so they're uh, case pick skew proliferation solutions basically what we're looking at is taking the medium and slow moving items and put I think I skipped on I did. so this yeah you're, you're slow and medium movers we're trying to get those to where they're efficiently you can pick them efficient that so they're not bogging down your operation so this example is a case pick SKU proliferation solution. So for example, if you have floor-loaded containers that you're unloading, they're ocean containers, there's a lot of labor involved, walking in the trailers, grabbing cartons, and sorting them out to pallets. And I basically say, if you're doing that, stop. You should automate that. That takes a lot of labor, a lot of time, and it requires a lot of safety stock because while that product's sitting on, on your dock, you can't allocate it to an order. So if we can get that into an ASRS system faster, Basically I can allocate it and I can reduce my safety stock and I have less stock that I'm at risk of potentially spoiling, becoming obsolete or falling out of season. Scoop it wreaks havoc on a, on a dock and basically on the dock you have a, uh, you're building pallets and now you have safety concerns for both product and people. People are walking between pallets that are built on the dock and then also your product is at risk of being damaged by being hit by fork trucks. So after receiving an ideal solution would be potentially putting it into an ASR system or politizing it. If you politize it, you get your densest storage. If you don't politize it, you have air between between your uh, SKUs and it's expensive storage. So you gotta kinda figure out, do I wanna politize this stuff? And it kind of matters how you're gonna pick it also. So if I'm gonna if it's high volume high speed I'm gonna build a pallet and pick from a pallet and if it's slower medium movers then maybe that's something I want to put direct in an ASR system and make it available for picking so when we when we're looking at an ASR system you want to, to keep the cost down the capital cost of the system you want to represent about uh, three to five days on hand of inventory in the system and then replan the system as needed But basically, the idea is uh, all the product is ready, available to to fulfill orders. It's always in the golden zone, because you're not going up and down aisles or going in a lift and trying to find that stuff, uh, your product, and then uh, it also enables automatic picking. So big thing, ASRSs are feeding goods-to-person workstations, and you eliminate or reduce the walking altogether. That's your biggest cost in the warehouse is paying people to walk. 60% of the time case pick uh, so basically the other thing is when you do case pick and you have uh, floor-loaded trailers a lot of that stuff doesn't come in labeled ideally you want to have your your product labeled and you can label it at the inbound and there's certain systems where you would add you would add labeling so you understand the orientation so you can take advantage of building patterns within the rack to really dense the storage in, in like an ASRS system so labeling on the inbound on the outbound would be good other things you really need to consider as far as automation are going to be quality of pallets so everyone thinks you know it's just a pallet but when you try to put a bad pallet in automation you're gonna have a mess to clean up so you really be conscious of pallet quality also case quality. So a lot of the cases that are coming from overseas, they're not so good. And that's actually the pendulum swinging the other way. So for a long time, everyone reduced packaging, reduced packaging, reduces pack- packaging as much as possible. Now everyone wants to automate. Well, automation requires some better packaging. So now the, the pendulum swinging the other way. Now everyone's got to think about, I got to beef up the packaging after I just reduced it. And if you look at a water bottle today, I mean, it's almost a plastic bag. <laughs> uh, the other thing would be, uh, the, again, the, the, just the quality of the of the pallets and the, the corrugate that you're using must be firm. You know, even humidity messes with uh, your corrugates where it starts sagging and then maybe it starts hanging up on the conveyor systems and things like that. You've got to start looking, if you want to automate, you really got to start uh, considering the packaging. So we run into situations where the packaging is not so good and the packages are falling apart on on while in the automation which then now you have to basically have a lot of cleanup work the other thing is is sequencing when you get to asrs systems sequencing erodes rate so if we if you have a lot of sequencing requirements you're going to need a lot more horsepower basically to, to make make the rate that you're trying to achieve so ideally if you you know try and keep the sequencing requirements down to a minimum. So if you're like in, a, uh, in like a dollar store, you'd want to sort to family groups and maybe not necessarily to exactly what's on the shelf. To get it to exactly what's on the shelf is gonna erode the rate of an ASR system. Whereas I'm putting it in family groups and kind of getting it over to a certain area of the store, the ASR system will perform better. Not, not so much load as far as complexity goes. So this this is an example of a a case pick solution. So what we have down here is where we would be loading. So we're staging uh, pallets, single skew pallets. They get dropped on these in-feed conveyors. They go under the mezzanine. They get raised up. There's a couple different solutions here. There's four depolitizers. So that'd be a manual depolitizing where the pallet is being raised up in a chute, and the operator is literally just pu- pushing the cases off the top of the pallet onto a conveyor. To get to the next layer, they push a couple buttons. It raises the pallet up. They continue pushing off, so they're not really lifting anything. And it's just a high-speed way to depalletize. Then we also there are also uh, full case auto, fully automatic full case depalletizers. Uh, this particular one will actually split the pallet in half and pull it out on the conveyor runs to get the uh, product into the system. So once everything's depalletized, it comes around, and it goes into the ASRS. This happens to be a shuttle system. And this is basically for mixed-case mixed pallet building. So once, once we come out of the shuttle system, we come out, we come down, and we tie in into a, uh, a print and apply area where we're applying the, the shipping label where, where it's destined to go in the warehouse and we can do this we can either send this to politizers to be politized or we can also tie into an existing system so if you have an existing operation with an existing flat system and don't have any don't have an asrs system but you want to take advantage of the vertical queue that's where you would introduce uh, an asrs either a shuttle system or a mini load and then that can be tied into an existing flat system just before the sorter so again, in that scenario, we wouldn't want to be putting the a, the a movers in there, because the A movers, you want to pick from a pallet. So at the end of the day, nothing beats slapping a label on a case and throwing it on a conveyor for your fast movers. If you try and put the A movers in ASRS, you'll just constantly be re- spending your time replenishing it. So there's, there's, there's the line. You want to put your medium and slow movers in the ASRS, free up all your floor pick positions, your golden zone positions for your fast movers and let, let the automation handle all your slow and medium movers. So this, this is an example of a semi-automatic case pallet build uh, area. So basically there's a pallet in here that's not much smaller or yeah, not much smaller than the chute, so it keeps overhang to a minimum and so you're protecting the product. And so out of the ASRS, basically, we're flowing product to the pallet build, and the operator's just literally sliding it off the conveyor on top. When he builds a layer, hits a button, drops it down a little bit, and then just continues to build the pallet. So if you have ASRS, we could, you, some companies have ASRS that can work in ambient, chilled, and frozen environments. And ideally, if you're in a frozen environment, you would want to be doing the pallet build outside of the frozen environment. So. There would be a wall, air curtain, and basically all the product comes out to the uh, to the operator. Not sure what happened there, but that was the that was essentially the last slide. Yeah, so we like I mentioned, we have the ability to tie into an existing system. Uh, you have the ability to do semi-automatic or fully automatic politizers. or like I said, you can just fluid load in the trailers. Um, they. Uh, ASRs are also highly effective for goods-to-person operations as far as feeding the goods-to-person operations. That's basically it. <laughs> so if anyone has any questions, feel free to come up and ask me any questions, and I, what I can answer, I'll share what I know. Thank you.